At the Commonwealth Policy Foundation, we try to approach the issues of life, marriage, religious liberty, and fiscal integrity from a biblical perspective that promotes thoughtfulness and kindness. We work with political leaders and concerned citizens from all across the state. To stay informed, visit CommonwealthMatters.org and sign up for our e-newsletter. The Commonwealth Policy Foundation is a nonprofit organization that only exists because of friends like you. Thanks for tuning in to the Commonwealth Matters. Welcome to the Commonwealth Matters. I'm your host, Richard Nelson. I'm joined by Ron Hicks, and we're going to talk about the limits to our constitutional republic, the limits to government. Okay. Ron, welcome to the program. Well, thank you, Richard. It's always great to be here. Hey, there are uh, presidential debates that are taking place. There are. Mm -hmm. um, They're going to continue all the way through um, until we elect a new president. Well, and they're talking about things that we haven't... um, typically during a presidential debate here discussion of Mm -hmm. and this leads to our conversation as far Mm -hmm. as in our kind of government Mm -hmm. our constitutional republic we're going to talk about the limits of government what can it rightfully do and what should it not be involved with and I think we should start out with our constitution. Well, help me out because you you went to school for all this, um, and and when you hear the term constitutional republic, yeah, why don't you give us a working definition, just a layman's definition of what a constitutional republic is? Yeah, well, first of all, it the constitutional means that there's a constitution, and this constitution was put together uh, by the leaders of the various states mm-hmm. who crafted this document that they came to an agreement upon as to which would govern us, which would really govern the government. It would restrict the government. It okay. laid out, here's the legitimate things that the federal government could do, and then it left the rest of it to the people. So that's the Constitution part. Mm-hmm. The Republic part is that we have different levels of government. Really, the idea of federalism, that's another big word. But mm-hmm. a Republic is simply where you do not have a direct democracy. You do elect people. But there are different levels in that government. You have Mm -hmm. state, you have local, you have the federal government. And these representatives at the different levels are elected by the people. So if we had a direct democracy, every single decision that was made by government, everybody would have to vote on. That's right. So instead of doing that, we elect somebody to go and represent us. And they're the ones that make those determinations, the day-to-day business. That's of, right. Okay. So a constitutional republic is where you have a constitution that's been affirmed by representatives at a point in time. Mm-hmm. And then you have the different uh, levels of government and the different leaders, people who were elected by the general public. That's what it is. As opposed to a democracy, mm-hmm. uh, a democracy is this. I think it was Franklin who uh, defined a democracy. It's what... Two wolves and a sheep decide on what's for dinner, <laughs> which I right, mean, that's right. really yeah. it, it, and, and that doesn't uh-huh. make for justice. It doesn't. No. It's not the rule of law. Uh-huh. It's not right. If right. you if it's just a matter of votes, that's going to determine the law. That's not our kind of country. No, no. We have a republic. Uh, we are under the rule of law. Uh-huh. In fact, uh, in a previous program, we talked about how God is central to our political compact. We acknowledge that God is our giver of rights and liberties. Well, James, the half-brother of Jesus, when he's writing um, uh, to to his church members, he he was a pastor of the church in Jerusalem, and he he said, uh, uh, in in writing to all them, uh, he said the religion that God likes is ministering to the widows and the orphans in their affliction. The idea of taking care of people 
who can't take care of themselves, speaking for people who have no voice. And so our government has established that same way, speaking for people um, who may not necessarily be the the majority. Yeah, one of the unique things about our government is that it's under the rule of law. Mm -hmm. We don't have a king. Mm -mm. Uh, We have different branches of government. We have the legislative, the executive, and the judicial. Mm -hmm. And there are checks and balances between the two. between each one of them, yeah. And one of the things the Founding Fathers realized was that we are, by nature, corrupt. We have a tendency to do wrong. It doesn't Mm -hmm. mean we're as bad as we can be. It doesn't mean that we're all criminals. But it means that there's something that's gone wrong in our human nature. We're born this way. Disconnected from God. And that's, that's mm-hmm. the biggest problem mm-hmm. right there. And when we're disconnected from God, uh, our uh, moral compass is off. Uh, we're mm-hmm. going to become a law unto ourselves. Mm-hmm. And when we do that, we're going to often make the wrong decisions. Well, the founding fathers realized that because of our corrupt nature, you cannot give all the power to the government. Uh, so there's checks and balances. There, and the, nor should there be one central authority. It's right. not a king or it's mm-hmm. not just a president. Mm-hmm. But you have a legislative branch where you have representatives that debate the issues and hash out the law. Then you have the executive that executes the law. And then you have the judicial. If there's ever a challenge to a law, whether it, uh, it conforms to the Constitution, then that's, uh, that branch is involved as well. So three separate but equal branches and each one of them, the way they're chosen, is is different and unique. In that, uh, every state has uh, a set number of senators. Every every state has the same number of senators. Mm-hmm. However, the number of congressmen is dependent on the size of the state, the population of the state, right. and all the rest of that. So even the way they're chosen and the criteria is different. That's that's right, and and a different function. So mm-hmm. you have the two U.S. senators, and you have the congressional delegate de- delegation here in Kentucky. We've got six U.S. congressmen. We've got two senators, mm-hmm. and uh, in a state north of us, Indiana, they've got more congressmen because they've got a larger population. But they have so Congress has one role: the executive branch, which. Uh, the president of the United States has a number of different cabinets where they deal with different mm-hmm, areas mm-hmm. Uh, of the country. Uh, Secretary of Treasury. They have the Secretary of Defense. There's the agriculture. Uh, just uh, all these different areas. Yeah, yeah. That's right. Very, very large agencies. Mm-hmm, very powerful. Mm-hmm. But they execute the laws. They put into effect the laws that Congress enacts. And mm-hmm. then, of course, the federal judiciary uh, hears challenges, co- constitutional challenges to what the executive or the legislative branches are doing. But Ron, uh, we got a minute before a break here, but I want to talk about the governing document of this country. We Mm -hmm. talked about constitutional republic, Mm -hmm. but the U.S. Constitution is our governing document. And it begins by saying this, we the people of the United States, in order to form a more perfect union, establish justice, ensure domestic tranquility, provide for the common defense, promote the general welfare, and secure the blessings of liberty to ourselves and our posterity, do ordain and establish this Constitution for the United States of America. In that preamble, we get the gist of what the Constitution Mm -hmm. is trying to do to establish justice, to ensure the domestic tranquility, provide for the common defense. And And it starts, we the people, not we the government, but we the people. Yeah, and this, this means it's our government. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Declaration of Independence said that government by the consent of the governed. Mm-hmm. This is our government, yeah. Ron. It's yeah. yours, it's mine, Absolutely. it's all the listeners mm-hmm. out there. Mm-hmm. And that's a beautiful thing that we have in this country, that we can impact and we can shape and our voices do matter. Mm-hmm. And guess what? 
our politicians, our elected leaders listen to us oh, when we make a phone call, yes, sir. and they really listen mm-hmm. when there's an election coming yes, up. Sir. Mm-hmm. They want to know what we have to say. That's right. But there are limits to our government, and the U.S. Constitution defines what the limits are to each of the branches. The first uh, section, Article 1, uh, deals with what Congress can do, and mm-hmm. they talk. it talks about uh, providing military, uh, creating a post office and post roads, coining money, all these different things, but it's very specific. And then Article 2 goes on to talk about the executive and Article 3 about the judi- judiciary. So it's all laid out mm-hmm, there, but it's mm-hmm. a restriction on our government. So, Ron, we need to go uh, to a break real quick, but we'll come back and we're going to unpack what the limits of government are and then also... Um, what happens when a government becomes too big okay. and when it gets involved with everything. Yeah. So stay tuned right. and we'll be back in just a minute. Hi, this is Richard Nelson with the Commonwealth Policy Foundation, and I want to thank you for listening to the Commonwealth Matters. Our goal is to help you better understand the important issues of the day, the issues of life, marriage, and religious liberty. But that isn't all we do. The Commonwealth Policy Foundation is working to educate legislators and policymakers about these bedrock values so they can defend them while serving in Frankfurt. We are in regular conversations with state leaders on both sides of the aisle, encouraging them to uphold what Kentuckians like you value. But we need your help. The Commonwealth Policy Foundation is a nonprofit group that only exists by the grace of God and the generosity of its donors. Would you consider a donation today to the Commonwealth Policy Foundation so that our work might continue? Please visit our website at commonwealthpolicyfoundation.org. There you'll find some easy ways you can help us accomplish this important work. Again, go to CommonwealthPolicyFoundation.org and consider a gift today. And thanks in advance for any help you can offer. Welcome back to the Commonwealth Matters. I'm Richard Nelson, and we are talking about our constitutional republic. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, I'm sorry, Richard, yeah, no, go right ahead. before we went to break, you were talking about uh, the limits. We were talking about what the Constitution says, uh, separation of powers and the checks and balances and what each one of them does and all. And then you were talking about uh, the the limits of government. The Constitution says this is what you can do, and then it also says what you can't do. Why should there be limits on the government? What, what are some good reasons that we should, in fact, limit our government? Yeah. Are you referring by any chance to the presidential debates? That are <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, the ones without, that are taking with, place now and the <laughs> ones that are going to take place later on and the conversations, yeah. you know, the whole idea of all these promises and, and we'll give you this and we'll give you that. Um, how are people promising things that they themselves can't finance and those sort of things? Why, so why should our government be controlled. Why should it be small? We, you know, you and I talked before, we're both small government yeah. people, but yeah. we certainly want the government to, to care for us, to secure our borders and, yeah. and that, you know, that sort of thing. But, but why should there be limitations? What happens if there's a government that has no limits? Yeah. The, the bottom line is that if the government can be involved with anything and everything, 
it diminishes our freedom, my freedom, your freedom. If it's providing free health care for mm-hmm. all, or if it's uh, providing free education for well, all. Well, we got to be careful, though. We're, you're using the terms that they use, obviously, but you and I know nothing, nothing is free. It's not. So it's free. It, when they're talking about free college, it's free to somebody, but it's yeah. not free to everybody. That's right. There's a cost involved. Sure. And in where that cost is going to be paid for is out of your pocket and my pocket. Uh-oh. And that means that you have less resources to do to provide for your family, to be involved with benevolence or ministry or missions work. Well, and, I couldn't go to college because I couldn't afford it. Yeah. So now, now I'm going to send somebody else to college. You, now you're going to be sending, <laughs> no, possibly no, no. Son, sending somebody else. I know there were times wow. in your life when you didn't have health insurance. I didn't, yes, I didn't have two dimes to rub together. Sure so, enough. So you, and by the way, not that we, you know, I don't want people to be hurt. I no, don't want to sound like no. I'm. We don't want to uh, begrudge anybody. Begrudging no, anybody. No, uh. But here's the thing. If you desire to live in a free nation, there needs to be limits on the government. Uh, it can't provide everything. It can't provide free health care and free education. It can't Mm-mm. forgive all of the student loan debt. No. It, it, it simply cannot do everything. The two are incompatible. Absolutely. You, you either you have freedom, you have maximum opportunity, you have the ability to take risk, you have the all of that in one camp, or you have big government involved with everything, providing everything. And Ron, for some people, I think there's comfort in that. They uh, want the health care. They want to be able to go to college. They want and somebody else to pay for it. Sure. Well, that's the whole thing. They want all those things, but they don't want anybody, they don't want to have to pay for it themselves. How, how if somebody knocked on your door and said, hey, Richard, uh, let me have the remote control. Uh, let, mm-hmm. let me see what else in the refrigerator. Here's a list of things that I want <laughs> you to stock up. Uh, let me have the keys to your car. Um, and, you know, I want to be able to, and, and oh, by the way, I want all the benefits of living under your household, but I'm not going to, I'm not going to pay you any rent. I'm not going to kick into chores, all the rest of would you say, yeah, come on in? Or would you say, no, I'm sorry, there's there's no room hey, here I don't for even you. have to think about that. Absolutely one, not. None of us would agree with that. So why would we expect our government to do something that we individually would think would be ridiculous? The yeah. whole idea of, hey, you know, hey, we're going to provide everything for free. There's no obligation. There's no skin in the game. There's no nothing. We're just you know, there's, there's a couple things, I think. One is there's comfort. There are people that really want somebody else to provide for them. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's also good politics for politicians to get up there, or to an extent, it's good politics. Politics, keep in mind, is always personal. Mm-hmm. And there are a lot of people who have needs today. And so mm-hmm. these politicians that are promising a lot of these things right. are touching on a real need. Okay. Now, here's the question it's not whether or not they need it, whether it's housing or food right, or right. healthcare, but it's on who should provide that need. Okay. And in this country, uh, the government has not been the provider of things that individuals can provide for themselves. Mm-hmm. Our government has not done that. The idea of our government, in order to have maximum freedom and maximum opportunity, uh, has been a limited government defined within certain limits. People have always been free to pursue their own calling, to create wealth, to provide for their own families. And where somebody is truly destitute and can't do that, if they, if they can't do it for themselves or if they don't have their family as a safety net, the other safety net has been the church mm-hmm. or it's been other groups that have stepped in, group, third-party groups like the Red Cross or mm-hmm. like the United Way or like the Boys and Girls Clubs or whatever mm-hmm. groups that you have. We've always had freedom apart from the government to do these things. And the problem with the government engaging and being involved is that it is a monopoly, 
and there's no competition. Mm-hmm. But not only that, but it is picking and choosing what it will do. It is it is using the resources of the people and and taxing the people right. in order to do what it thinks is right instead of the people and voluntary organizations deciding what should be done. So what I hear you saying is the benefit of regulations is a human instinct, human nature, because we are fallen, and you and I always we we're looking for a biblical answer to to world problems. Uh, so by very nature, we we are sinful creatures and we are uh, greedy, and so our human nature is that we want uh, we want things provided for us with minimum effort. And so if if the if the people don't impose regulations on the government. People might misuse that need of people that you know that, that, that is to be able to say, okay, I'll promise you all kind of yeah. things. One, so that you continue. You know, who's going to kick the conductor off the gravy train? Oh, <laughs> you know? you so, won't. And, and actually, right. that you have a, a, a constituency, you will have voters that will keep voting for you so long as you promise whatever it sure, is they want. Sure. Uh, you know, the the uh, George Washington, our first president, said that. Um, something to this effect that government is not eloquence, but government is force. It is like fire, a fearful servant and a dangerous master. Mm-hmm. We should be very cautious of government. It Yes, it's there for a reason. I believe that government is a God-ordained institution. Right. We need government. We mm-hmm. don't want the alternative is uh, anarchy mm-hmm. without you know any authority, any rules in society. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. At the same time, if we want to remain a free people, we better be vigilant. We better do for those things that we can do for ourselves where government uh, doesn't need to be involved with our personal lives, personal decisions. We ought to push back against it. And you know what's kind of kind of um, um, crazy is uh, you know in in the healthcare industry when somebody's recovering from a surgery. Uh, I've got all of my do- uh, sister in laws are nurses. They say what well, we we do not do anything for a patient who's recovering that they can do for themselves. We force them to do. And, and the same with parents. Uh, if you want your children as as you as they as you teach them to be independent, you do not do anything for them that they can do for themselves. We realize that that works at parenting. It works for rehabilitation. Yet we want to we want to fly in the face of of conventional wisdom there and say we want our government to do things for us that we can do ourselves. It if if we allow that to continue, we create a generation of of uh, lazy folks who have this sense of entitlement and expectation. At the Commonwealth Policy Foundation, we try to approach the issues of life, marriage, religious liberty, and fiscal integrity from a biblical perspective that promotes thoughtfulness and kindness. We work with political leaders and concerned citizens from all across the state. To stay informed, visit CommonwealthMatters.org and sign up for our e-newsletter. The Commonwealth Policy Foundation is a nonprofit organization that only exists because of friends like you. Thanks for tuning in to the Commonwealth Matters. Welcome back to the Commonwealth Matters. I'm with uh, Ron Hicks. My name is Richard Nelson, and we are talking about the limits of government and how big government is not compatible with maximum freedom. No. And 
Ron, I'd like us to talk a little bit about how uh, how we can maintain our freedom. You know, we, government does have certain roles. We do want government. We want good government. And government essentially in this country, in a constitutional republic, is it does the things that we cannot do for ourselves as individuals. So we have a national defense is one thing. We have post office. We have uh, money, coining of money. Uh, Signing treaties with other countries. That's right. So there are certain things that we give our authority to the government to do on our behalf. But there are other things that we can do on our own Mm -hmm. that government doesn't need to be involved with, like working. Uh, choosing the kind of job we're going to have, mm-hmm. putting food on our table. How to putting, spend your money, how to yeah, spend the money you earn. All of that. And if we care about freedom, mm-hmm. if we care about those things, then we need to maintain it. How do, how, how do you keep, Richard, how do you personally keep from weighing 300 pounds? Boy, I uh, this is really an issue. I, I don't struggle with weight, but with my health, it is mm-hmm. an issue mm-hmm. where I watch what I eat and I exercise because I did have a health issue a few years ago mm-hmm. where – um, my doctor said, well, you need to work on these areas. And if I didn't want to be on medication, I had to do what the doctor said. Okay. So that was a choice I made. So it, you limited, you, 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 you understood mm-hmm. that for your best interest, you had to impose some limitations right. on what you put into your body. That's right. So how does that relate to our, our government? We already talked about the government has limits, but did you just like for the first week, Watch what it is that you ate, or yeah. you had to. It's a lifestyle, it's right? A lifestyle. It's kind of a forever, forever thing. Yeah, and it was a lifestyle choice, and it was hard. I didn't want to change what I was eating. Right. I wanted to keep eating sugar and uh, breads and these other things. We're talking about this, by the way, listeners. While I'm consuming jelly beans, right? <laughs> right um, and I got to point this out too. Ron's got different colors. You got to separate a jelly bean into colors, of course. Listen, there's not. <laughs> we're talking about laugh. anarchy here. You can, you can't eat. But but we, as we talk about limits, you're talking about self-imposed. We understand that that limits, regulation isn't a bad word. Limits right. are is not a bad right. thing. Uh, we limit the the speed because we realize. You know, I lived in Europe for twelve and a half years. There, you can drive as fast as you can, yeah. and so you learn to drive that way. It without limitations, I'd be the guy driving 120. Uh, on on the interstate, realizing that that uh, most people, m- not to say I'm anything, but I've got experience, most people wouldn't be able to handle a vehicle, and the roads aren't built for that. Right. So we understand that regulation, that limitation, is for the safety uh, and the the well being of people traveling on the roads. If we don't maintain the regulations and the limitations on our government, if they're left unchecked human nature of the Repub- uh, of the, the elected officials is going to be, well, let's have more and more power so we can decide more and more for the constituents. And you don't build small government or limited government at all. You've built Big Brother. Yeah, you have. It's been said before that a government that uh, gives you everything you want is a government big enough to take away everything that everything you, have. you have. And that's true. You know, one reason why we don't allow government to do those things is because it creates a monopoly. Mm-hmm. And monopolies by nature are a bad idea. Oh, what we have on, on the other side is we have freedom of association. We create these third-party entities mm-hmm. to meet the needs that we desire in our communities. Yes. So we have clothing closets. We have food banks. We have... Uh, homeless shelters. We have boys and girls clubs. You have groups like the Salvation Army 
the Red Cross. You have crisis pregnancies oh. uh, organizations. Yeah, and and that's the beauty of this country. Alexis de Tocqueville, a French uh, historian, came to our country back in the 1830s to observe what was going on in America and what made America great. Mm-hmm. And uh, America was surpassing European nations that had been in existence for centuries. And America was doing something that was pretty amazing. They had free enterprise here. They had a free market. Uh, and they were producing goods. And they were living in harmony. And de Tocqueville observed that when there was a need in a community, uh, people didn't go to the government. They set up voluntary organizations. Yes. And he contrasted that with Europe, whereas in European nations, they went to the government to find a solution. Mm-hmm. Well, we're very different than European nations. Absolutely. And our interest is to maintain our freedom. Yeah. And by the way, these voluntary associations are much more efficient than the government. Oh, yeah, because most people volunteer to do the work, and the people at the very top aren't paid, and the workers aren't paid. Sunday right. school, for instance, was a... You know, we, we think about churches and Sunday school now, it's it's as much a part of the church fabric as, as anything else is. Mm-hmm. But it was started when Christian folks saw that there were children working in factories during the day to help support their families, yeah. and they were going without public education. And so mm-hmm. they decided on Sunday when factories are shut down, let's have all the kids in, let's teach them how to read, yeah. and let's use the Bible to be able to do that. The church meaning the needs of the community instead of expecting a big brother to do that. Ron, there's another component to freedom that we didn't touch on, and we've got just a minute to touch on it, and that's the moral component. Wow. And this is something where in order to have maximum freedom, there needs to be Mm -hmm. self-government, self-discipline. You alluded to that in the health analogy a little while ago, but uh, you need to be disciplined morally. If you don't have moral boundaries, if you uh, just live your life willy-nilly, I'm going to do whatever I want— you are really going to incur government getting involved uh, with whatever moral boundary you're breaking. Mm-hmm. The government will step in, whether it's uh, increased police force, whether it's an increased uh, judicial system, increased burden on the uh, the jails, whatever. Because well, we don't be. live in a vacuum. Mm-hmm. When you exercise your your ability to be a free moral agent, it almost never just impacts you. It impacts the people that are close to you, you know, physically and and emotionally and you know, spiritually and all, it's going to impact you. So so when we say, I want to do what I want to do, it, it's not just us that we have to worry about. That's right. We, we uh, impact others with our actions. And uh, if we're doing things that are hurtful to ourselves or to others, there is a cost mm-hmm. involved with that. And it will cost some level of freedom. And in regards to people becoming lawless, I mean, if, if you have a bunch of lawless people it's going to cost more tax dollars, money out of your pocket and my pocket to maintain the the court system and the police force and and that. If we're immoral sexually, uh, that increases the spread of STDs, mm-hmm. AIDS, HIV. Mm-hmm. Uh, the government gets Unwanted involved. children, sure. That's right. Uh, when the family breaks down, when mothers mm-hmm. aren't marrying the fathers and mothers are raising single or, or as single mothers uh, raising children. Uh, they're going to turn to the government for, mm-hmm. for support and for help. And, uh, you have a gen- whole generation of girls 
that are being taught by men how to be a woman, whole generation of boys who are being taught by a single mom how to be a man. And Richard, that just doesn't work. It just doesn't work. Not taking anything from anybody, but only a man can teach a boy how to be a man, just like only a woman can teach a little girl how to be a woman. So when you break that down, yeah. Yeah, and government is not the replacement that's intended to be. Absolutely not. Hey, Ron, this has really been a good conversation. Mm -hmm. I wish we had more time to to talk about it. Thank you for inviting me to be a part of it. Yeah, another good program. God bless you, and you have a good day.